This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson Weber, and my guests are Kimberly Sr. and Ron O.J. Parson. They are both engaged with Harold Pinter right now. Kimberly is directing Old Times at Straw Dog Theater, which is uh, running now, and Ron is directing The Caretaker at Writers Theater, which will open in mid-November. So Harold Pinter, uh, I just saw Kimberly's show last night and was just struck again by how unique the voice is. You just know it's Pinter from, the, you know, the first, not the first line maybe, but almost. Mm. So I wonder if each of you could take a <clears throat> stab at characterizing Pinter. What is it that makes Pinter Pinter in your view? Um, for me, I think it's about... Uh, if I could boil it to one down to one word, the word would be question, and that your job when working on a Pinter play, be you the actor or the director or the designer, um, and actually also the audience member, is to um, keep that question going. It's like the mm-hmm. child's game of keeping a balloon in the air and you don't want it to touch the ground, that in this case, that's the question, whatever the question is, and letting that letting question sort of hang in the air without ever quite touching down and um sometimes it gets dangerously close to hitting the ground and then those are the that's where you get these really amazing dramatic moments mm-hmm. yeah i would add to that and say that also just technically the rhythm and the, mm-hmm. the challenge of the precision of the the language and the lines and the rhythm um you know it's like jazz i think mm-hmm. sometimes and uh you know the moments the pausing the uh, and the caretaker was a little early in his writing style, so I think he was developing that. Mm-hmm. So, but by old times, I think he he had it stone cold, Calibrated. ready to go. It yeah. is, yeah. It was a thing about how we in rehearsal, like not only was it about pause and silence, but because Stradog is so small and you're yeah. only like two feet from the actors, yeah. that we were actually like, okay, breathe here, exhale here. It, I mean, it's so it, much it's like very jazz. precise, and it's mm-hmm. the same thing at Writers where we're doing the caretaker. Oh, that's right, you're in the, the 50, bookstore, fifty seat house, right. and uh, uh, Jack McGall who designed. Uh, the set who, who does a lot of my sets and a lot of Kimberly sets. Um, we decided to put the audience even closer. So they're, they're literally inside the apartment, the mm-hmm. flat. And, uh, so that adds a whole nother element to it. I think it does make a difference. Uh, the, the, the closeness that you are to Pinter too, because like Kimberly said, it, the questions of character and relationships, they're all very, very, uh, important and you can really absorb it if you're close to it, I think. Having seen Old Times last night, one of the things that I was struck by again, and and it's true of Beckett too and and some other writers where, where the, what drives it and what makes it work is pretty hard to put your finger on. Mm -hmm. It's, it has a poetic Mm -hmm. structure or rhythm as opposed to a narrative structure or rhythm. And I would think that difference was quite important in, in how you look at the, text and maybe how the actors look at the text. So, Well, I think it's, it is interesting because if you are going to talk about um, a more traditional play where you're identifying the events that are happening over the course of the play and how do we unfold those events for an audience and, you know, keep sort of the dramatic tempo alive when doing that, you, you can apply the same rules to Pinter. But I think, I think what's interesting about it is that Usually the characters on stage are more informed than the audience, where the audience is the person learning. And I think at least in the case of old times, but mm-hmm. I feel like this probably could be true in the caretaker as well, that audience and character are, um, they are searching for the next event together, that mm-hmm. they are, they are discovering it and finding it and arriving at it, similar to Beckett. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it reminds me of Gatto in that way, where it's like no one on stage knows when the next thing is going to happen or what it's going to be or what it's going to bring. So that right. there, there are very few things that you can say are true about the play when the play begins that the characters know more than the audience does. I guess, does yeah, that make sense? it yeah. does. It does. And, um, I mean, it, it, there is plot. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a different non, maybe not the conventional plot that you would, you would see. Uh, we spoke at an event about the play and some of the audience members were, you know, well, what is it about? And, uh, <laughs> why would you want to do a play that we don't know what it's about? And I, and I told him, I said, well, you go to the museum and you see a, a painting and uh, you look at that painting and three people could look at it and get three different impressions from it. And I think Pinter is a lot like that, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, as we're working now with, with the caretaker, well, somebody could say, well, is it about Mick or is it about mm-hmm. Davies or is it about Aston? But it's about all of them, you know, and some people might relate more to one character or the other. But I think as a director, you know, it's a rich, uh, foreign director. It's a rich, type of style to, to get into, you know. Actually, what Ram was saying about the painting or about the three characters in that play, mm-hmm. or if you're looking at Dealey and Kate and Anna very similarly, I mean, we we actually ended up using this term in rehearsal called envelope directing, mm-hmm. where like normally I direct, I, when I direct, I address my cast as a, as a whole and mm-hmm. sort of, if I'm giving you a note, I want Ron to hear it because it might affect the way that Ron makes right. his choices. Right. But with this play, I found myself having one-on-one conversations with the actors and that if you were to ask each of them, like if they were all sitting here, mm-hmm. the character playing Dealey would totally be like, it was a play about Dealey. The right. character playing Kate would say it was a play about Kate. The character uh-huh. playing Anna would say it was right. a play about Anna. Right. And so again, it's a back to the painting where I think depending <clears throat> on who you are sitting in the audience, um, you where the the path that you get on and there are these threads that are there that you whichever one you grab hold of that's that's the story mm-hmm. that you're following mm-hmm. um and and in the case of old times i think it's a quest for what is true or right. how reliable is memory right. and so so you, you ha- you're going to pick somebody like which horse you know you're going right. to bet on but there's um it's different for everybody and uh-huh. i think that 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 is the challenge is the directors to be able to allow that freedom and still make sure that it's not muddy Definitely. And I mean, it's so true with especially, uh, I think the two plays that we're, mm-hmm. we're working on. Um, it's literally a, a play about, uh, it could be about any one of the characters. And in rehearsal, we are dealing, I'm kind of dealing the same way Kimberly is as far as, you know, having these conversations and letting them develop mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. because they don't know, we don't know. And I'm, I, I'm a director who when I go into it, I don't know. Yeah, so, me too. So I'm learning and developing as we go. There's things that I found uh, in the beginning when, you know, Michael was asking me, you know, what I was going to do with it and, and everything. And I was like, I don't know. I think that the pr- sort of producer end of it, I think doing Pinter and why I think it doesn't run, I both sort of noted that Pinter doesn't get done often in Chicago. Yeah, that's true. But I think it's because of that thing you said about the audience, right? They're like, well, what's it about? But yeah, also that the, yeah. I feel like we would sit in these meetings before we're in rehearsal. And they'd be like, well, what do you want the play to say? What do you, what do you think right, the questions exactly. play? And I would sit there and say, I don't know. I and don't I'm know. so excited about that. I'm so excited that I don't know. And just like trust that something will emerge. And, and I'm sure this is already happening to you and it will continue to. But I remember sitting there on opening night and hearing lines in the play that I swear I had never heard before. <laughs> I, I mean, I know oh, they had been said, but they just emerged in a new way and I'm sure that they continue that you know you saw the show last week you saw it last night right. but they different. it is different and I'm I, sure. I would definitely say that I've already we've already talked about how well for one thing uh, live theater is a different 
entity. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm welcoming the actors to do that, to explore that <clears throat> and find th different things in the context of what we establish, what we, the structure that we have to be able to find the different nuances that the characters actually have. The one thing about, about this one too is that, you know, Pinter lived in the building uh, where the play takes place. Mm -hmm. He was, uh, like I said, a young writer who was making his living as an actor and he he was in the uh, the building with the, a young man who was going through a similar situation as Ashton. He saw a homeless man that this guy whose actual name was Ashton. Mm -hmm. and he, his wife made him change the name because she didn't like what he was writing about. And um and so it, it has that kind of relevance to it for him. So it's more autobiographical. Well, than not autobiographical, but something that he witnessed mm -hmm. and he experienced. And you know, good art, good artists, good writers can take one little incident incident and build a whole story. Right. There's a there's an image that of of Aston at the window and Davies looking at him and, and uh Pinter walked by that and saw that image mm -hmm. and this this the whole story came about, and that same image is in old times. I was going to say yeah. windows, her at the window, yeah. and yeah. him on the couch watching her. It's right. kind of amazing it's, right? it's, that it's, it's stuck with Pinter. That, it, that image all that of time, the difference plays. of these two yeah. plays, yeah. and he still, you know, was reflecting on something that he experienced. So, but I think going back to your other question, uh, I mean, just about you know doing it and it being different. Again, I think that that's a challenge, you know. You know, for a director and an actor too. This, these plays are very challenging for actors. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have, you know, three fine actors in it, but it is very challenging because as with Shakespeare or, or like I do a lot of August Wilson, any, any of these writers that have these rhythms and these language issues and precision and things like that, for an actor, it's a, it's a great mm -hmm. challenge to, to take that on. Yeah, it's old times, uh, the, the running time of the play is only like 70 minutes long. And I remember when I first looked at the rehearsal schedule, I thought, oh, we'll be able to get two runs in in a day. Right. And they would run that thing once and be like beat up. Right. They had to just like lay down because, yeah. because the amount of <clears throat> focus and I mean, and I Emotion. love what you're saying about live theater too. Like I feel lately that's a big question for me when I go and see plays or when I'm reading plays. Like, why is this a play? Why is this theater? And mm. this is just, Pinter is theater. Especially. It is, yeah. it is live theater. <laughs> yeah. The caretaker was, it was made into a movie. Um, but it is a lot different on mm -hmm. film. I, sure. I have that saying, you know, that old saying about, uh, uh, theater is life. Film is art and television is furniture. <laughs> 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 I mean, but it, it's so true that. It, this world that we're creating is so different from anything else that the audience will experience, mm -hmm. especially doing them, doing these plays in these small Tiny spaces. spaces. Right. You right. Know, I think you, how many seats are in that theater? Uh, 70. Yeah. And we yeah. got 50. Yeah. And, uh, that was a challenge for Jack, the, uh, the, the set desire to get those 50 seats in there. Uh, -huh. uh, because like I said, we, it's the play is, you know, he's a hoarder and he's got all these things around. So it's going to be a really the design is amazing. <laughs> It's going to be an interesting experience for the audience. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go back, Kimberly. I was very intrigued by when you talked about envelope directing. Uh -huh. Why? Why was that required in this play? Because I think that so much of all times is about the the sort of personal secrets, I guess, yeah. and, hold, and how how close they hold their cards to their yeah. chest mm -hmm. and the like, varying degrees of that right. that happens over the course of the play. So that there are things that. You know, for instance, 
who Dealey saw the film Odd Man Out with. You mm-hmm. know, that that's something that comes up a couple of times in the play, and there's certainly a question. I think he has an answer, and mm-hmm. I believe that each of those ladies has an answer, and it was important that none of them knew each other because they answers. had to they had to con- they had to be committed to their own right because it what we did decide is that everyone in that play is speaking their truth all the time mm-hmm. um, so nobody's lying that's a huge right, decision they, right they and that was the only decision we made uh-huh. now whether you know someone on stage thinks somebody else on stage is lying is fine, right. you know, Which but that's life. Right. But that is just like life. I mean, then <laughs> right. we sort of walk around speaking our own personal truths right. and some people perceive them as lies or otherwise, you know, but there's, that's there true. was a sort of sense that, so, I mean, I, but we, I'd say like, Oh, hold on a second. Let me just grab you. And we would, I've got an envelope for you. Also, mm-hmm. sometimes I would have something would come to me where we, I'm something I found so Oh, more intriguing even than the pauses and the silences. And Pinter, there is some Pinter quote about him being like, the worst word I ever wrote was the word pause. Cause he, <laughs> he got, just, it right. didn't, I don't think he intended for that Trademarked. to be what he does, right. you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, more remarkable to me actually is the repeating language, mm-hmm. um, and how different characters, um, particularly in this play, use each other's language and use each other's words to get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, the word gaze is a word that, sort of Anna owns in the beginning and then Dealey appropriates and what that sort of means and the power of language uh, became a really a guiding force there. And so when I would hear these things, I I feel like those were often the envelopes, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I am doing uh, something a little different with the caretaker, uh, with the music of the play. Um, I'm using a lot of jazz, a lot of uh, Ornette oh. Coleman, uh, Eric Dolphy, uh, Miles, Charlie Mingus, and so so the the motif is sort of in this jazz vein of uh, rhythm, mm. and I think so. We've been listening to that, you know, before we start and things like that, so that you know the the actors can can find some rhythms. There's a really long monologue that Aston has, two and a half pages, and, and uh, Anish uh, Jethmalani, mm. who's who's playing the role, is oh, like, okay. "Are you going to make any cuts?" <laughs> <laughs> you dream on. No. I said no, and but I did tell him to to listen to some Miles mm-hmm. or listen to some uh, Pharaoh Saunders or uh, Rasan Roland Kirk or something while he's doing it, mm-hmm. while he's learning it at mm-hmm. home, and I think it will give him a feel of the music, you know, and also casting uh, two actors of color in the uh, in the brother roles, mm-hmm. uh, Kareem Bandeli. And Anish Jethmalani, which also adds another flavor to the play. I call it updating the play without updating it mm-hmm. because we're not changing the language, yeah. but the, the Davies' racist uh, lines and things about him are a little different when he's mm-hmm. around in this situation. Right? Yeah. So they're reacting a little different. Like there's a line in the play where, you know, he should go back where he came from. Now that has a whole different meaning. meaning. Yeah, that's great. In this production. Is it a different meaning or is it just a more pointed meaning? I mean, in, in a British class structure that Pinter knew, would it have had, would it have landed the same yeah, way? I, I think it could have landed the same way, but I think in, in this modern contemporary audience and, right. and an American, an American, the way that it's her, even mm-hmm. the term the blacks, mm-hmm. you got blacks living there. In the, back then, I mean, over there, everybody who wasn't white is a black. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but over here, because American consciousness in today's world, mm-hmm. I don't, I think it's, it, it'd be 
thought of differently. Yes. So that's kind of what I mean. So Mm -hmm. it probably is the same, but it might elicit different reactions from this character that it wouldn't have of a a different Aston Mm -hmm. or a different Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So I I just think it it, for for us and these these actors is funny because uh, both of them thought when they saw the season beginning this year they were like, oh well, I guess our not for me, right? So they were both really shocked, but. I mean, they're both doing a great job, and I think yeah. it both it really just, precise actors, yes, actually. Yes, yeah, and it and it, it deepens mm. the, the play for me. That's and, great, and I think it's it's going to be uh, you know interesting, very interesting. Can can you talk more about this notion of precision? Because I think for a lay person, it won't be obvious exactly what that means in acting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think. Uh, Precision in, in language, you know, um, the, it, and as Kimberly alluded to before, the pausing, mm-hmm. the silence, you know, and, it, and Pinter plays the silence speaks as loud as words, right. in my opinion. I yeah. think some of those Louder. moments, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Some of those moments of silence mm-hmm. are very, very key to what's going on. I call, I call a lot of them active pauses. Mm-hmm. They're pauses. Things are happening. They may not be speaking, but something is definitely happening. So I referenced the um the playwright Susan Laurie Parks. I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with her writing, but if when you see her work on the page and, and in the front of all of her plays, she discusses what she calls them spells. Mm-hmm. And the way her spells work, you know, would be like laid out on the page, you know, Ron has a line, Kimberly has a line, Ron, colon, and there'd be nothing there. Kimberly, mm-hmm. colon, Ron, Kimberly, and that could go on and on. That there there's the indicative of an exchange or an mm-hmm. impulse that's coming from the characters exactly. in those moments. And so we actually looked at some Beats of her, like her text on the page to just, you know, keep, the, it's, it's, it's interesting because when you read a play on the page, you read the word pause, but you don't actually pause. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I think there's something about the translation of that to put it on your feet and understanding what the impulse is to not speak in the moments um, was yeah. important as much as what would you have said if you had the courage to speak. Right. But I think precision is also beyond the language about the action and about um, right. if you use like a verb to describe like you were saying about when you watch a play, someone wants something and we spend the play watching them try to get it and mm-hmm. overcome obstacles or right. change the way they're going to do it. And so I think that's very true in Pinter where it's it's precisely like Oh, is what you're doing to that person, is it intimidation or is it interrogation mm-hmm. or is it, um, you know, domination de- right, de- or deflection, <laughs> you know, right. that they're like, so to really, we spend a lot of time developing our own language in terms mm-hmm. of you and the cast. Yes. Mm-hmm. And finding that that's where the precision lay mm-hmm. or like just a, a very, and so there's in this sort of mental acuity that's happening in terms of the action. There's the language. And then I think also the physicality with these specific images Pinter asks for. Physicality is very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost no blocking my play that Pinter, Pinter did not ask for, you know, like yeah. it's really, he's really, yeah, he yeah. says she crosses to, he stands by to, the window. Yeah, she I mean, stands at the door. Like when that. he, when he wants it, I feel yeah. like it's our job to honor yeah, some it. Some of it's those not, are very, yeah. they're, they're very important to, to what's happening in mm-hmm. the caretaker. A lot of it, I think a lot of it depended on the set that they had. Yes. And, and what not we, sure in all what, times. Right. And what we have, uh, the business that he's doing. So some of that uh, I used and some of it, uh, you know, we, we got our own, mm-hmm. but it, in the context of, of what's happening with the characters. Also the, um, ellipsis, he uses a lot of those. And, um, and I, you know, I, I do feel that sometimes, um, those are more important than other times. In particular writers. Pinter, I think it is more important to mm-hmm. other writers. I know it's not as 
mm-hmm. key. Mm-hmm. But 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 again, here I think it's a specific thing that he's, he means that every he, like that Shakespeare, means. yeah, like every exactly. and that the clues are there in the text mm-hmm. of how to perform. You know, I, I exactly. found it was almost harder for us to um, to drive, but also yeah. to drive through to the places. Before the pause, like I think it's our tendency yeah. to stop and think along the way mm-hmm. and to actually challenge the actors to be like this entire section. You, there's no rest. Mm-hmm. There's no rest. You until get it you at the pause. pause, and then, you know? then right. you get more payoff of yeah. the pause. Oh mm-hmm. gosh, you didn't because that was, was, was and that's the thing why I had mm-hmm. the jazz. The jazz is perfect yeah. because you know you got some of that John just riffing, Coltrane yeah, and yeah. Riffing, and then it just. Whoop. So, so it's that kind of feel too with it. And, and I think if you adhere to that, if you are precise with that, the effect is, is more, you know, there's bigger payoff. But I also, I love that you said Ornette Coleman, just because my own person, like the other artists you mentioned are all people who I listen to them instantly and love them. But I remember the first time I heard Ornette Coleman and I thought, this does not make any sense. What is going on? It just doesn't make sense. And then you listen to it and you start to hear, Inside of it. Yeah, and I've had a lot of people great, say that to, about Pinter, great. too. Yeah. Right, you know, that's exactly. a perfect parallel. I, I, was, I was, you know, because I didn't go into it thinking, oh, I'm going to do something different and all that. <laughs> I was just going to do the play. Yeah. And then people came and auditioned because I opened up the audition. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking of the reality of, mm-hmm. you know, different lines and different things about the character. And, and some interesting stories have come up about, you know, being around racist people that are talking and not realizing you're right there in the mm-hmm. room and, and things like that. So it just brought a whole whole nother uh, life to it. And then listening to some of the music uh, that uh, that uh, my my sound designer has put together to to just listen to it just you know it's just it opened it up for me mm-hmm. and i think that's mm-hmm. the thing about not going into it with a set kind of thing and this is what it's going to be and isn't it so it, it it made a difference uh for me but pinter again it the precision uh going back to what your original mm-hmm. question was uh physicality as well mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things that can be said just by a movement up or down or, mm-hmm. you know, and, and silence always works. I love, I love playing those moments when nothing's being said because mm-hmm. something is being said. Something's <laughs> hanging in the air. Right. Well, I could imagine given what you've talked about this, the precision that for the actor, the challenge becomes not to become straight jacketed, not to become too constrained mm-hmm. because so many details are being d- dictated by the text and by, it sounds like your Direct. You have to embrace it. An actor mm-hmm. has to embrace it versus let, letting it fight against them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, like in Mammoth, you know, when he has, you know, those things that way people talk. And it's just those lines are part of how you talk. Mm-hmm. Those pauses. Own it. That's and, who exactly. You are. Just yeah. own it right. and use the ellipsis and, 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 and just like embrace that whole thing and don't let it, uh, motivate what you're out. doing through those things. I think also just, like anything, we all need a little, that, that's the structure of the mm-hmm, play. That's, mm-hmm. that's the mechanics of the play. Those are the bones, the skeleton of the play. And then, but everything else we're not mentioning is, is theirs too. Mm-hmm. And that's why the play is different every night because mm-hmm. it is, they're, they're uh, all different every night. How that look hits you that somebody yeah, else gives you exactly. means something different every time you receive it. And mm-hmm. that's something that you can't put a name on and you can't. Right. You can't just call happens. language or right. rhythm yeah. or physicality that just is yeah, it's the, um, the unknown factor. And yeah. So, so I think that actually the more confining elements, um, they they don't have to worry about those anymore actually mm-hmm. because they inhabit them and yeah. then they're free to just 
being. And I did, I did say to the actors when we talked about it that they'll, closing night, they'll still be <laughs> learning yeah. stuff right. and feeling stuff oh, yeah. that's different, but, you know, yeah. that they brought to it on that particular day. Right. And yeah. the audience, I do, I think, especially in these small spaces, that yeah. audience is a huge part mm-hmm. of sure. how I mean, they are experiencing the performance. Literally. This close. Yeah. Um, the audience is here and the bed with Davies is here. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's so a foot away for those who can't see. <laughs> l- less than a, oh, right. Less than a foot. Yeah. It's a few inches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that stench and the stink that he's mm. supposed to be emanating from him and everything. Mm. Those, those are, they're right there. I'm, I'm curious to see the reaction. Up there, writers. They it's are sitting more. inside the set. Yeah. Like yeah. the the chair next to them is an actor. I mean, like there's um literally. Yeah. There's and, no... and the way me and Jack, uh, I keep mentioning Jack McGall because he, he he we work together an awful lot. So when we first got into it, I said, Jack, let's put him inside. You know. So we have because in the script there's a, you hear a door to the 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 building and then you you hear them coming. So we we took we had to take a little bit of space away from the, the audience uh, area mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So squeeze those that even on there. that even makes it yeah. even smaller yeah. because yeah. there's there's action going on behind them. Yeah, you know the, where they can't see the actors, but they can hear them walking down the hall and then mm-hmm. coming into, the, and the audience has to come into the the flat to get to their seat. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to walk through the same ho- garbage, so to speak, mm-hmm. as the actors to get to their seats. Mm-hmm. So it, that aspect of it, I think, is, is really interesting. Yeah, that's coming up for me too. It's hard for latecomers, though, but. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, like, really, there's that one transition that happens like six months into the play, and that's the only play time you're allowed to sit. And I was really intense about it. Um, but that I think common in a lot of Pinter plays too is this feeling of confinement or containment. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That like it sounds like we were both kind of wanting the audience to. Right. I mean, actually, at the end of old times, they try to get out and can't. I mean, Mm -hmm. that there's a. It's kind of a claustrophobia. There's a claustrophobia that I think he's going for. Definitely. So that when, which I think helps us with sort of that magnifying glass that, that where we now can see every breath and see every pause and hear every silence is because, because the, the lens is like so focused on this particular area. Right. And I I would say again, with the contemporary audience in America, like you Mm -hmm. said, these, these shows about hoarding and things like that and reality TV (laughs) and all that. So I think people will have a sense of what Mm -hmm. that is already. Mm Because when they walk in there, there's just boxes, newspapers, old lawnmowers, appliances that he's working Mm -hmm. on, shelves all over with stuff on it. So it's already when they walk in there, they should be like have to move through yeah. stuff to mm-hmm. get to their seat. So I think they'll get a sense of they already have uh, think of yeah. their own garage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, so one last question. If when Pinter doesn't work, when you see a production of Pinter that doesn't work or when in your own rehearsals, a scene didn't work, is there anything you can say general about why, where one can go That's off the rails? Question. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. I mean, I can speak of my own. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen, um, I've actually seen three Pinter plays, mm-hmm. and one of them was directed by Pinter himself. Oh, wow. And uh, the other one was in That's London at, at the Almeida. And then I saw Betrayal at Steppenwolf. So, I mean, all three of them were kind of great in different ways, and right. so I'm not really going to speak of those. Yeah. But the 
there were definitely moments where I wanted to poke myself in the eye with a knitting needle watching, <laughs> watching old times. And I think cause it was the, I, for me, it's back to that thing I said at the beginning about the question and that uh-huh. it fell flat between the people rather than them continuing to search. I mean, I talked about gladiators when we were making this play. Mm-hmm. I was just that that's how high the stakes need to be. Yeah. Um, and what happens when you're, when you're, when the scale is so epic and Greek and you're in one room trapped together, yeah. you know, and it's so that it, it's not overwrought because it can't be, yeah. but that, so I guess it fell flat for me when it just dropped between the people that like yeah. the ball gets passed and then just thud. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, man, that's great that you were able to see uh, one directed by Pender himself. Yeah. I would have loved to have met him. Um, oh, and- gosh, me too. And <laughs> his personal life, if you start reading about it, he is a living soap, well, yeah. passed away soap opera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at Michigan, I went to the University of Michigan and uh, Nicholas Pennell, who, who was mm-hmm. with Stratford, he yeah. came, he was one of our instructors and he, he, he did a couple of productions. And as, as I said earlier, I was in old times because mm-hmm. we, we were practicing non-traditional casting back then. <laughs> in the and dark so, ages? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I got to play it. <laughs> and, and again, learning about the precision. You know, when, when I saw the, the light go, the, the, the turn the lamps off, uh-huh. it, I flashed back to when, in school, you know, yeah. because I remembered that Doing scene. That. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And, uh, as far as, as far as productions, uh, I've only seen maybe five or six productions through the course of all these years, but um, I think some people can, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but to overdo it, mm-hmm. to to overpenterize mm-hmm. a, a play, to mm-hmm. to make it you know static overplay. This yeah. is weighty. This and I is think also if American audiences mm-hmm. who do this to British plays a lot yeah. try to make it really like British. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, That's like whatever that means. Yeah. And I'm like, British people like have sex yeah. and like <laughs> yeah, just you punch it. each other and like <laughs> right. do the same things that we do. They're not all like, stuck up. No, exactly. Just because they have an accent doesn't yeah. mean, you know, that there there is that and there's a kind of a like a film or kind of a behind glass quality that mm-hmm. I think um because Americans want to elevate because right, we, right. you know, we will always be the like dirty right. criminal yeah. stepsister. Right. And the Britain, accents too. Know? The accents are, yeah. you know, it's very interesting trying to capture the, uh, the accents. Oh yeah. yeah. If that's, we a whole, had, that's a whole other I know. interview. Yeah. It is. I, I, I was intrigued by the decision whether you, uh, yeah. whether you do the accents or not. You well, yeah. we yeah. obviously, um, could have talked a lot longer, but we're not going to. Time um, flew by. But we will, <laughs> I hope people do go see, uh, both these productions. It's a great opportunity to explore what Pinter is a seen through Chicago lens. So yeah. thank you both so much. Great. Thank Amen. you.